What's up, haters, and welcome to my podcast. Testing, Zan's mic. Testing, testing. Volume level, how we feel it if I talk like this. Nikki, give it to me. There's no rap pod. Okay, give me a couple test samples so I can hear that if you're as loud as me, if I need to calm it down. I don't think we ever need to calm it down. Yeah, I think we're equal levels I think allowed. We're equal levels allowed. Yeah, there's gonna be a lot of cool capitals. Yeah, I mean, that's honestly that's why it's gonna be my favorite app. So your first one, or I don't know if it, I've only gotten through halfway through episode two, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that was her that she made you full full fucking cackle. Oh my god, yeah, right <laughs> from the get go, she said something, and I I let loose, and, and I was like, like Yo, I just full cackle. I was like, you gotta go, girly. <laughs> Yeah, because by myself, I do my awkward, like, <laughs> stoner chuckles. Yeah. And then, like, when I'm with other people, I immediately, like, <laughs> get you know Nicole, really too, it? does. Phil fucking hates that shit. Our cackles? He's like, he's like, he's like, why are you laughing? Because shit is funny. Life is funny, bro. <laughs> like, get more happiness, bro. No, honestly, the kitchen crew, when we were working together, when we would sync up, because our, like, All we, like, laugh. thrive off of each other, too. Yeah. And it, like, will, like, hit the same tone, like, the... Same um wavelength and it's like yes. <laughs> it just goes. Wave sound. Yeah. <laughs> Synchronizes. Like yeah, he is a he is. A <laughs> and we're back for now. Episode. I have no idea. I think this is gonna be episode six. On the pod, I hate that I always have to have a guest here while I'm doing my awkward radio voice intro, and then immediately get rid of it. As soon as we start talking, it goes away, but I'm like, so annoying at first. So anyway, we are here to talk about, do I care about entrepreneurship and being a boss-ass beat, 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 beat. Um, <laughs> so this is for the Rise and Grind LLC, Stonk Bros Only, and if you're a Rise and Grinder, you're going to enjoy <laughs> this meme come to life and actually talking about our real life situations and how we do incorporate entrepreneurship into our hopefully daily lives eventually, if not already starting. So first we have the one and only my cousin, Nicole. You can talk, Nicole. Oh, I can talk. Hi. <laughs> I didn't know when I was supposed to talk. Yeah, now we're just now we're just vibing. Okay, so cool. talk when you need okay. to talk. Your radio voice is gone now? Yeah, yeah, no. Okay, she's gone. We're, she's gone. We're now we're like okay, this. Cool. Now we're natural voices. <laughs> so to set the scene of who Nicole is to me, uh, if you are my friend at all, you've heard me talk about her a million times as the worst person in the world. Just kidding. No, she is um, my cousin of who's what, 10 years older than me? 14. 14? Oh, wow. You're old. Just kidding. 13 ish. 13, 14. She's my older cousin um, on my dad's side. Our dads are brothers. And uh, they have no other siblings. That's it. That's the only siblings they have. Just two brothers, just vibing along. Um, but during my first five years of life, you decided to abandon me for the Air Force. And I actually was thinking about this when you were coming on the pod, that this is where I wrote my legit first hit single. And I think I could have been an artist instead. <laughs> and I hope you remember this story. Um, but if I could sing, I swear to you, this, this would have popped off. It would have done, it would have done amazing. Um, it would have really been a bop, honestly. I really am regretting it. Do you remember the name of it? Is it the is it the letter where you said raindrops on the window? Are your tears? Are your tears? 
rolling down your face. Literally tears. Nikki also is just a crier. Like her eyes. Happy, sad, angry. I'm a crier. She's a crier. She's giggling. There's probably a stream of tears at all times. But yeah, I wrote the hit single, um, (laughs) "The Raindrops on My Window." in Newburgh are the tears dropping down your face deployed somewhere in the Americas oh no not even America it's the global area so also fun facts I don't know if I've ever told you this I feel like you did when you moved back like you're out of the military and you moved back home home um that song later inspired me to write a really intense poem it did and you published it and you won't let me see it ah! you published it at NFA yep. in like some newsletter or an assignment <laughs> And I still have yet to actually see the poem. You refuse to give it to me. Maybe, maybe on my third marriage, I'll actually like, give it to me on my wedding day or something. So, yeah, I actually um, wanted to deep dive on that because I think it's hilarious. And I think it's even funnier that you don't know what it is. No. But it's pretty intense. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, it's actually, like, very, like, I was going through my Tumblr emo phase or something because it's, like, intense. But I was, yeah, I was super inspired by that. And I did get featured into our high school, like, poem magazine. They, like, do, like, I think it's for 11th grade because you're, like, you're, like, 11th grade English in New York is, like, the year you have to do good. Like, it's the only year that kind of matters right. for some reason. I don't know. It's, like, the year you take your regions and all that. So they always do, like, this huge, um, like, poem segment and, like, all, everybody, like, participates. And then I think it might have been, like, the inaugural year, like, the second year they did it. They made, like, an actual NFA magazine of all of the greatest like poems of the students. I had two featured. One was a nice little, cute little, I like my Italian family, the house smells like sauce, like <laughs> super cutesy. And the other one was a very intense poem about being super sad that you were not here. And it was very intense. But my favorite part of that story is my name was attached to it. Like they didn't, I didn't know. Like my teacher told me, oh, by the way, like you got featured in this magazine that's already published and is on my desk right now. And I said, absolutely what? (laughs) (laughs) This was for me to get a B plus at most so that I can get out of this class and never look back. Like I literally just did, because it was like forced into your assignment. So everybody had to already do this no matter what. It wasn't like you entered it. So I remember being like, oh, so I'm the secret Shakespeare. This is amazing, but this is horrible. Um, and apparently I am a good poem writer. Like I remember like that was like the one I'm not good at English. If you know me, I can't speak. I can't spell like I English is not my strong suit at all. 24 years of it. Still not good at it. So for me to be good at poems is hilarious to me. I think that's so funny. I can like just make rhymes, I guess. Um, oh my God, maybe that's what it is. I need to be a rapper. Oh, shit. I talk like I'm an M already naturally. Um, so my favorite part of that story though is, and you definitely don't know this part. When I when it did get dropped into the school-wide magazine, my Italian teacher at the time saw it. Like, he was reading through it, and he saw it, and he already was a character on his own. Um, and so he mentioned it in class because he found the Italian one. The Italian one was first. Yours was in the back, like, deep hidden. And so he was like, oh, Alexandra, Alessandra, blah, 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 like, read it through the class. And I was like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> and so then this one girl, you know, like, that loud girl in class, was like, oh, no, like, read it, read it, I'll read it for you. And I was like, if you read it for me, that's more embarrassing. Like, I'll just read it. And so I read it, and it's, like, this lovely, cute little, like, literally, it was about, I think I was relating, like, the smells of sauce to feeling like home. Like, just, you know, Mm -hmm. nobody else is Italian, only me. I'm the only Italian. You know, people, (laughs) Italians always were like, (laughs) only Italians are the people that are always like, I'm the only Italian. But, yeah, so (laughs) we read that one, 
And then as the class is going, she's still flipping through, right? She's finding them. She's finding some other kids that she knows. She's like, oh my God, this person, this person. And she goes, oh wait, Alex, you have a second one. And I was like, no, I don't. And she was like, yeah, you do. I'm like, nope, nope. They misprinted my name. <laughs> some, I'm stealing someone's poem. Like, someone has my entire, I'm stealing someone's identity. And it's literally about my depression and anxiety of you being deployed. Not even just being like stationed, but about you being deployed. I feel like that was like one of your last times of being like properly deployed. I think like Aiden had just, I think you had just gotten back to your station. We had just sent Aiden back to you. Like it was like that 4th of July one. Like that, I don't know why that one like rings a bell to me, but I feel like age wise that might have not worked out either way. Do you know? Do you- um, so you were in 11th grade. I was here for your high school graduation. So that last one was probably Kuwait and that one was probably my hardest. And besides Iraq, like Iraq in general was just hard. And yeah. I didn't have Aiden at that time. Yeah. But for, uh, Aiden was at an age where he remembered and it was so yeah. hard to leave him. Like I had to give him to his dad three days before I left because I didn't want to leave him and then be getting on the bus to go up to the airport. Yeah. You still wanted and, to be able to text him or something. Yeah. And, um, so that was the hardest because he remembered, uh, and it was just, it was just a hard, it was just a really hard one in general. Yeah. And I think also me and Aiden being close, I think I remember that too, is being like, wow, this is rough for him. And like, that was actually the one time he didn't come back to you guys. There was, that, was, that wasn't that was, the DC one where he stayed with dad and then we picked him no, up in DC? this was, that was, um, that was later. That was just like a summer oh. when they came back to visit. That was like, I think the next summer, but that was the one where he stayed with his dad. Cause I remember at one point Kevin going, um, when are you coming back to get this <laughs> I <laughs> mean, um, I would read audiobooks. They had this program where you could read audiobooks and you and yeah. a video, mm-hmm. and they sent it. And Aiden got all these books with me, with a video of me reading them to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when Soldier Boy came out. And I have a video of Goodbye. Aiden going, you, because yeah. Kevin, right? yeah, 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 and so, <laughs> um, so that was about that time, yeah. <laughs> and it was his first day of school. I missed his birthday again. Yeah, always, always. Yes. September was like always, always when you were gone. We had because I probably have shared more birthdays with Aiden than you had at this point. Maybe now that you've been in New York for so long, back right. like out right. of the military, right. you might we might be even. But I, we always had him in the, that summer to September. Yep. But yeah, it was just funny because in this class, I'm like, I think I'm naturally kind of class clownish, so I'm like this like fluffy family vibes, ha 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 ha. And then I literally almost started crying in class reading it out loud because one embarrassment. We know me. Right. Embarrassment sends me. Right. It's worse to me than probably any other emotion. Like right. I can't handle it. I instantly just get really angry or right. start crying. So I knew I was going to be embarrassed reading this out loud because I knew it was personal and I was already anxious that it was in the magazine. So like, I remember being like, absolutely not like, this is horrible. And so I read the whole thing and the whole, the premise of it is, and I think, you know, you might know the premise, but it, the premise of it is like, I was relating waves like in the ocean to waves of like, extreme sadness almost and like it was like the metaphor with um waves being waves of emotion kind of and like being sad but like hitting you all at once and then being like ah whatever nikki's away and then being like (laughs) nikki's away and then oh nikki's away (laughs) being a roller coaster basically but also me being extra that i am and like being good at being dramatic I think is why I'm good at poem writing so like I can like and like connecting things so I remember the what was there was another big connection in there that I was like wow that's so dark and deep I'm gonna get an A on this but then all of a sudden everybody could read it and I'm like oh my god people think I'm literally probably like on the top of NFA <laughs> like about to go so I got like super embarrassed and I'm reading this whole thing and then my favorite part is I look over to the girl that made me read this and I'm like I'm gonna remember you forever and I know her name and I'm not gonna say her name but I remember being like you I will never forget this girl and she goes 
this is why you remember to check in on the quiet friends. And I really just was like, <laughs> you know, like that's, <laughs> that's like a joke. Like that it's always the quiet ones, it's always, always the quiet, quiet ones. ones yeah. And apparently I was a quiet one in the class. And she was like, this is why you check in your quiet friends. And I was like, oh my <laughs> God, this is the worst day of my life. And then I remember being like, it was like towards the end of the year, I was already like, I am out of this class. I hate Italian. Like it was my last year of taking Italian. Like it was just brutal. And I remember Mr. Like the Italian teacher pulling me aside and being like, that was good. And I was like, thanks for ruining my life. Like, I think he like kind of apologized. I don't remember. He was like a jokester. So I remember him like making a joke about it and being like, sorry, you had to read that out loud. I didn't know there was another one. And I was like, it's Gucci. But anyway, yeah, I think it's hilarious that you don't even know no so like can I see this poem like, it's actually you now live here it's probably, it's probably in your in basement. basement yeah it's in, it's, in, it's in the fucking cave of wonders I mean it's a stair <laughs> yeah. I have one little segment like segment of my stuff stuffed under the stairs under there and it's definitely in, I, know, I didn't know it existed the first six months that I lived here and I go around the corner I'm like what the fuck is this section <laughs> me <laughs> it's like literally my build-a-bears and my Legos, <laughs> yeah, but Legos, Legos. Actually, one of those Build a Bears has Mama Gina's voice in there when she went on a um, like almost like what, like nine, eight, like nine to twelve month stint of being in South Dakota with you and Aiden. She was there for like a long time. That was probably when I first had him. Yeah, it was. She, and she was out, helping she you. She stayed out there right after she got there, um, uh, about a month after he was born, and then she stayed until I left. So that was like six, seven months. Yeah, and it she was. Came back with. I remember her coming back with Aiden and surprising yes. her mom. Yeah. You woke me up in the middle of the night. I remember someone coming up to me and, like, like shaking my bed and me being like, what the heck? And it was little Aiden. Oh, no. No, no, that's not what happened. They dropped Aiden on top of me. So, like, literally, physically, this child, like, probably two, three years old, dropped on top of me. two years old. like, seven months old. Oh, my God. Then this must not have been that trap. Because I I don't think they would drop a seven-month-old baby on me. (laughs) But anyway, yeah. Especially one that they belong to. And at that point, oh, it might have even been my first meeting of him, too. Actually, it probably was. It it definitely wasn't that one. Because me and him had already had that connection and everything. I remember that one. They, like, made him run in and jump on my bed because, like, I was already excited to right. see him. I don't know if I would have been excited to see a baby. Sorry, Aiden. Um, but, yeah, and then I, we went to Build-A-Bear, actually. I remember, <laughs> like, two years ago having a crisis about not having a Build-A-Bear anymore. But we went to New York City to drop her off to JFK mm-hmm. and for this trip in particular. And we went and made – this is when Build-A-Bears were just popping off and you could make audio messages yeah. in the Build-A-Bears. <laughs> and so we went with Mama Gina, and the actual print on the bear says, I heart New York, I heart New York. And then it's her going, hi, I'm Sandra, love you. And like literally saying nothing. It literally is just that. Yeah. And I don't know how the thing's not broken. And two years ago when I was like, oh, my God, all my Build-A-Bears are under there. I need to get that one. I don't care about the other ones. I need to get that one. And I now have that at my house because I was like, I need this thing to never break <laughs> ever in my life. But, yeah. Um, anyway, to actually give the uh, background of us and our connection, um, I ended up adopting your brother. Zach, as my honorary sibling, when you first left that first time, that OG time, uh, when you abandoned us. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but then, about the time, because again, me and him have a big age gap too, like eight, nine, eight, nine years. So by the time he started like graduating co- like high school and like getting on with his life and being like, okay, little kid, love you, but gotta go, you had popped out my other second honorary sibling in replacement of you, Aiden, where all these stories keep coming from. Um, I think actually that timeline probably does make sense. I made it, I made it up in the pod, but. I think that actually does make no, sense. That is, that is, no, that's a pretty accurate timeline. It's pretty accurate. Then when you eventually moved back out here to New York after an impressive 13 years in the military, or uh, Air Force, yep. 13 years, mm-hmm. you moved back to a neighboring town. And I remember being so excited when you came back because my whole life I was like, oh, she's going to move back. She's going to move back. She's going to move back tomorrow. Literally, obviously, 13 years later, it's going to happen. But I remember making it like 
a point because then I stayed with you and I lived with you for summer in England Mm -hmm. and our connections uh I think I already was getting my nails done but then you found out I was getting my nails done and we used to go like yeah Yeah. they did remember they did this like the like Jersey Shore like air paint nails yeah and I would be like Nikki what is happening in England (laughs) what are you guys doing (laughs) why do they have air paint instead of nail polish but yeah um we used to get our nails done. And I remember when you were moving back today, I heard like, oh my God, it's finally happening. Like 13 years of me waiting for this is actually happening. I remember being like, I'm getting my nails done with her. Like that was like the thing I wanted to do. And then of course, by the time you came back, I actually was an adult leaving on my own journey, <laughs> leaving for college literally within like the same year. Cause like you said, you moved back from my high school graduation. Yes, I was scared for that, yeah. So we had that summer where you lived in my house, now your house, right? That you lived here. Uh, yeah, I was here for like, um, I think we were here for like a month, maybe maybe two at the most. Very similar to me moving back and you guys only being here for a month or yeah. two. This house has seen a lot. This house has like hosted a maximum of 20 people and a minimum of three. But at all points, it was going in and out of hosting a lot of people. You and me shared upstairs. So you had your entire family in the one room. I had my own room yeah. and we shared one little bathroom. So we really were like... This is why I feel like I'm not an only child because between you, Zach, Tessa Walter, and now Aiden too, I feel like I never was really alone. Someone yeah. was always living with us. Someone yeah. was always like around, bopping around, making me have to share a bathroom and me screaming at them. Um, Mama Gina has entered the pod. <laughs> She's never being so bad. <laughs> yeah, probably. She's like, I'm trying to enjoy my peaceful sock yeah. holding and you guys are screaming. And so, yeah, our mutual love of getting our nails done, I remember being like, I'm going to make this our thing. And right. so I had gone away to college. But the neighboring town that you moved into was actually pretty close to my college. So probably every two weeks for... A, we did. Yeah, we did for a while. We were getting yeah. our nails done out in Poughkeepsie, like having a good time. And then you got a new job that didn't let you get your nails done. And now neither one of us have our nails done. <laughs> yeah. Now we both are like, yeah, that's a lot of work. We don't want that commitment anymore. And um, I got that time and I got that money. Yeah, yeah. Acrylics are now too old for us. We're too old for this. Um, But yeah, that's what brought us so close together. And luckily by that point so much has gone down to the family and everything that brought us together the trauma brought us together well, i mean i think you just being older yeah right it's a different relationship than when you were than when you were younger yeah um and i think that's what has brought us together because um i think we're both out of an age whereas like some of your other cousins they're not old enough to be on that level with you and yeah i think our i think our level is extremely adult yes <laughs> we can be like all right so i'm about to be full fucking blunt with you yeah, yeah. and i think that i think that's what makes our relationship a little bit a little bit different and and we kind of i think we're very similar because our dad jesus <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like we get it, right? Yeah. Um. So I think that's the other part that brings our relationship to different. Yeah, you're my only older cousin that I'm close with. All my my next close in age is younger than me is Tessa, and we're very close. But again, like she's just now getting to the part of life right. where we can relate to things right. other than just having fun together. Like all my cousins and I have fun. Like me and have a lot of fun, but there's only so much I can relate to a high schooler with. Yeah. I'm immature, but I'm not that immature. Yeah. Like I'm on a different level of like exactly. just life experiences. They don't yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're not making balls for all moves. Or, or fucking work week. Yeah, right? yeah. So. yeah. They're still complaining about their mom taking them to take out the trash, where I'm complaining about my boss might fire me tomorrow. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, so I think also, and we also just process a lot of things similarly. And yes. we're just fun. Like, we have fun together, but we also just are like, like you said, on the same level of life, going through the same like life decisions and everything, and being like, girly, I need you, or what am I doing here? Like, just. <laughs> I'm ready to jump off the top of NFA right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting back up there. She was right. She was right. But yeah, that is uh, my really long story of how 
time has progressed for us to be so close and everything. And now we've just, we're sisters. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care that I'm an only child. It's not the same. Um, but another big thing that brings us together, I think, is our similar interests because both of us are that business now corporate girl like vibes where not corporate, but like, I think all my other cousins want to be like a nurse or like a welder or like things I never would do. So <laughs> you're the only one also that has. Bodily fluid does not work for me. Can you imagine <laughs> me oh being a nurse? God. She'd be like, um, um, I'm hurting. Nope, that's your problem. That sounds. Like the only reason nope. I can handle mom doing that is because she's our grandma. Yeah, and honestly, I couldn't do that. Love you. Sorry. Nope. <laughs> Oh, you have a cut in your finger? I'm throwing up. And even some of those days, I have to walk out the room and come back in. <laughs> yeah. No, because one time I was just, well, I cut myself multiple times as a server. One time I cut myself so bad, I fainted. So, like, that just get, that was my. Remember when I cut myself at the restaurant and you were just, like, going <gasps> to full nurse mode? Oh, my God. Freaking guy behind me wouldn't give me any space, and I popped a knife in my hand. Oh, my God. That's actually probably the one and only time I can give an example where I didn't full panic and pass out. But Nikki was. In the kitchen, I was expo, and we were working together. It was probably like my first or second week. I hadn't been there that long. Mm-hmm. And this guy kept being all up on Nikki and, like, being, like, not saying behind, behind, pushing a Nikki. She dropped her knife and just had an instinct to go catch it, slit her finger open, and I was like, get the espresso beans! So I literally... <laughs> Right when the rush had hit, we had like eight tables. Literally, it was during COVID, so we've only had half the tables open, but all of them hit at once. We did a couple tables. We tried out outdoor dining for a couple tables. Yes, it was like literally that first week. The owners aren't there. They're on vacation. They're trusting me not to burn it down. The gringa is in the kitchen of the Puerto Rican (laughs) restaurant. And I literally just grabbed it, and it's bleeding, and there's like magma fungos and sofrito burgers all (laughs) in these tickets. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't know if we're going to make it. So I'm like shoving espresso greens, uh, no beans into Nikki's. I'm shoving espresso beans into Nikki's like fingers because that's like a server trick. And then wrapping her up. And then I was like, "What's the first aid?" And then I opened the first aid thing, and it wasn't fully hinged. So then all the band aids fall on the ground, and there's just like things rolling around. And I was like, "I don't care. Can I get it? Like, I need two empanadas for table eight. Like screaming. Then I'm catching up Nikki. Like it was just so fun. Yeah, Nikki's also been my manager, so that's a fun little extra experience probably a lot of sisters don't get to have together. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think another thing is we share the same drives and passions in our careers, whether that be like hustling it out in this corporate like world of being you being a manager, me just being a desk ho. Um <laughs> and um but both of our shared visions of wanting to do our own thing at some point. And you have already started. I'm just still in the brain, <laughs> just the uh, think tank stage. But we both have always loved restaurants. We've worked at restaurants forever. You were working in uh, the culinary part of the military when you were in the Air Force, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and were you were you a kitchen manager there? What was your actual title there? There was a whole bunch of different ones, but obviously everyone starts off as like um, the desk co of the kitchen the world. Desk of the kitchen world, right? <laughs> um, and then as you move up in ranks, so I've I've done all different aspects where I've run that entire. Uh, and for like context to understand it, it's it's like a cafeteria setting from like college mm-hmm. and in the military world, right? But you're essentially practicing for when you deploy and you are feeding thousands of troops. Mm-hmm. So I've done it where I've managed that. I've done it where I've managed just the storeroom aspect. And that was when you came to visit me in England. Remember, yeah. you were like so tired. I was like, no, come hang out because you got to stay up, right? And That was I, actually so fun too because so much fun. I didn't start my serving journey there. Like yeah. my restaurant work journey there but I remember being there and being like this is so cool like you manage serving 
literally every single like uh not soldier what are they um airmen on the entire like yep. in uh what town is that again in, um we're in Millenhall. Millenhall, like yeah. england i thought that was so cool i remember being like that's literally such a cool job like i remember just being fascinated plus all of your friends were named after foods and i'm just like what's up burrito <laughs> <laughs> um and then um when i deployed a couple of times when i deployed i managed all the ordering for the entire base so think about a base of ten thousand people and how much food you have to have on hand and everything has to come from the states Mm -hmm. so you have to order six months out Mm -hmm. and you have to think of everything chicken breast because everyone's you know beefing up while they're deployed and Mm -hmm. working out Mm -hmm. wanting to eat all the chicken breast um (laughs) and and everyone wants, but we have these energy drinks. Um, so if you've ever been deployed, you'll know it's called a rip it. And it's probably like um, unleaded gasoline. But, um, <laughs> but people like sock them up in their little dorm room, right? And that's like, that's a, that's the thing if you know you've been deployed is you drink a rip it. Mm-hmm. So I'm making sure you have soda. I'm making sure you have bottled water because you have to use everything for bottled water. So mm-hmm. I've done it on that aspect as well, as far as like food service. So every aspect uh, of it. The only thing that I haven't done uh is where you're kind of like an enlisted aide to like the chief master sergeant of the air force or a general or something like that. And that's mm-hmm. very select few that get to do that, but I've done all aspects. I've served for, I've made dinner luncheon for chief master sergeant air force, brigadier generals, like stuff like that, but never actually worked directly just for them. Why do I feel like one job in particular, I remember you specifically deployed, not on station, like not stationed somewhere. You were deployed in, I think Kuwait, and you were like running a hotel or something. So, no, when I was in Kuwait, what I did was like morale and welfare. So I handled all the money for like the morale and welfare events. So we did, um, that is where I got up and said, one of my best ever written poems. I did an open mic night. Wait, what? There's actually a video of it. It's actually posted on my Instagram. It's called, Do You Have the Time? Oh, I think I know which one this is. Um, I just, I hosted, home I hosted, mic. I hosted a whole open mic night. It was huge. We had the army side come over to us. Um, but what we would do is, um, it was, it was like a little bit of a hustle, right? They would they would buy t-shirts and send back home to their family. Aiden actually has this t-shirt, and I don't know where it is, but I designed a t-shirt that said, you couldn't you couldn't say where you were over there. Yeah. And it was just a picture of the Middle East, and it said, my mom is over there, and it was just arrow that pointed to that general area. And let me tell you what, we made mad dinero off that because, <laughs> first of all, any people are going to buy stuff that's under $10. They're not going to think twice about it, yeah, right? Yeah, 100%. Especially and, when it's sentimental and they're away from and home. I made, a shirt, and, I made a shirt $10. They want to send it back to their kids. Yeah. They want to send it back to their mom and their dad. We made a killing on that shirt. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of my job there. Um, when I was in Qatar the third time, mm-hmm. I did, we call it bedding down. So everyone that comes in, when they're transitioning either to um, a permanent location, they're not staying in Qatar or they're staying in Qatar you handle where they are, mm-hmm. where, what dorm room they're in, what tent they're in, whatever the case may be. And the whole purpose is that you need to know where everybody is. Yeah, at all times. Because you have to do accountability and recall. And let's say, God forbid, something happens, you need to be able to find that person and say, hey, guess what? You're going back home because, yeah. you know, mom, dad, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Whatever. So um, I did that on one of my, you know, my, last, my last time in guitar, my third time in yeah, I, I said hotel management, and I know obviously, like, I did not... that in England, too, though. Oh. When you guys came to visit for Christmas, that was one of my jobs in Okay, so I'm mixing well. up stories then, because I knew it wasn't, like, I knew when you were, like, actually deployed, you weren't, like, managing hotels. Like, no, you Yeah, you were still staying, like, Marriott when you're out there. Um, But I remember you being in charge of, like, assigning rooms, basically, being, like, mm-hmm. in charge of that. And I, I knew something was at the hotel, but that was in... That was in England. In England. came to visit for Christmas. Got yeah. you, got you. 
and you did uh was it hotel for like visiting like airmen or so what was it for visiting airmen families that are coming in waiting to get to their permanent housing and gotcha. also for air crews so Melu Hall was huge for our refueling wing mm-hmm. so everyone coming down from downrange they would stop they review fuel and they would head back home or vice versa uh, and air crews would come in, and it's really the purpose of bending down air crews or people coming in TDY just visiting for a class or a seminar or to help out or things of that nature. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah, so you've had, like, in the military, every aspect of, like, service industry, we'll call right. it, mm-hmm. um, and then getting out of the military, coming back to New York, you jumped right into Duncan, right? I worked at Texas Roadhouse for, like, oh, right, right, a right. hot minute. I did, at one point, one kitchen manager and then I decided I had this opportunity to finish my degree I've been trying for like 10 million years to finish Mm -hmm. um so I said now that I have the ability to focus on that and still make kind of like a living and not have to like suffer Mm -hmm. uh, that was important to me Uh, being the first even though you have your degree as well but for I think for us I was the first one to have uh, a college degree yeah for sure um so for me that was really important and so I just waitressed there for a little bit, and then it was just too far of a drive, and then um, then we needed money. So, uh, and staying home with kids is not what it's all cracked up to be. <laughs> so I decided to uh, go out there, and I didn't have any, I have a ton of leadership experience, a ton, right? Um, I could literally be president, but- Right, me have my vote. Uh, Hopefully you wouldn't fall up the stairs heading into the Air Force at once. <laughs> Honestly, I want to be rude I, for you, bro. But the means coming out from this. Um, but honestly, sense. I probably would be the one that would fall off the stairs. Oh, 100 percent actually. In reality, <laughs> I would be badass and be wearing some. Oh yeah. Stuff, Nikki would be like, mm-hmm, going to the air force. Yeah, oh, and I'd be trying to like sway, you know, the pigs to make people want to look at and go, boom, 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 right up the stairs. Just a similar fall on the far stairs. Which stairs are probably worse to climb up and down. They're, worse, they're, they're so narrow. Stairs. If you've ever been to my house, I know you've complained about these stairs because everybody, every single time enters my house for the first time, goes whoa because it's shocking my stairs. Your initial your stairs. Into 85 is falling up or down the stairs. Yeah, it's pretty intense. Uh, but but yeah, so I worked at Duncan. Um, I was a manager there, uh, and it gave me a ton of experience, good, bad, and ugly, <laughs> as far as um, the civilian aspects of the service industry. Right. And like I said, in the military, you have that, but you don't have, you just never have money and you just have enough manpower. So people just work 12 hour shifts. Yeah. Whereas here is, uh, you have to manage like a budget and a PL and stuff like that and learning those different types of things and learning what you can and cannot say to people because the military, I can literally tell you what I want. Yeah. You can literally then, tell people they're this of the earth. Living, um, I can't tell people that I'm going to cut them if they don't. <laughs> But that's, and, and my defense, I have not said that in years. Yeah, we're growing. <laughs> we're growing. We're also from the Berg. We're also so. from Newburgh. My father's also gate protected through the Marines. I don't know <laughs> if that gives you any kind of background. But um, and uh, almost five years ago, I have started my journey with Starbucks, and it has been one of like the best journeys in addition to the military that I have that I have been on. And we're not sponsored, unfortunately. And we're Even not, though we're I'm, not sponsored. <laughs> big shout out to the brown shaken, brown sugar shaken espresso. espresso. <laughs> you keep me going. Honestly, you keep me sponsored to keep going. So I'm the dealer of the entire family. <laughs> yeah, no, Nikki. Nikki is my drug dealer. She brings me brown sugar espresso shaken lattes way too much. Um, so in terms of what you were talking about there, though, you were talking about the uh, experience difference between Air Force and civilian, meaning. Um, 
your work employees, but also your customers were fellow airmen. So for the most part, they're, yeah. they're going to pick up on your energy. They know what you're doing. Like you're doing it for them. Like right. I think it's much more humble, not humbling, but I feel like they're much more really appreciative, it, more it mutual, was. more mutual respect. And my, my, my it assumption. Was, it was easier to get like the morale up, right? So yeah. I had this term. So in the military, there's jobs that just suck and they look down on you. Same, same yeah. in the real world. Civil service industry jobs, people look down on you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I used to say, that those planes are not going up unless their bellies are full, mm-hmm. right? I don't care. I don't care. You could be a crew chief. You could be the pilot. But I'm telling you right now, if you up there and you're in your stomach, <laughs> like how accurate are you going to drop that bomb, right? <laughs> and so I had to say it, and it was my way of having them understand, like, the importance of their job. Yeah. And because um, most people fell into that because they washed out of another career field or they didn't pick a career field, and that's where they threw you. Huh, I didn't even think about that from words, the aspect words, of that as well, words, that they would be unhappy with yeah. their placement. Words, words to wise, if you ever go into military, never go open general. Um, you'll become a copper. But... And my line was full bellies, drop bombs. Mm-hmm. And that's what, and if you think about it, it's kind of gross too. But... Yeah, <laughs> for me being, I don't, the military freaks me out, gives me the heebie-jeebies, that stresses me out, but I get the understanding of morale. So that, was, that was like my, own, that was my saying, when we were inspecting her, and why not, why not, now North Dakota. Yeah, there's zero motivation to keep going in my North Dakota Yeah, I would say um, for my current company, which is a corporate ho job, uh, they have five values. Um, one of them is called True North, and it's if you bring to it's basically saying like any like issue or anything that we do that's positive is really a team aspect. And I know that sounds so cliche, but I think it works in service industry too, where it's like I don't think people realize, and I've definitely fallen into this as a server of like ten years, like. You just get in a vibe where you're like, I'm over this. This isn't for me. Like, I hate this, blah, blah, blah. But there's other points where you have to look at it and be like, it's true north where like, if I'm doing my job great, right? If someone comes in and they're like, dang, that server was good. And the food was good. Like, I'm having a good time here. I'm going to come again. You want the, like, I know like, yeah, there's a million server jobs out there or whatever. You could work, you could work at Texas, like Roadhouse one day and then work at Dunkin' the next or like work at where I was working one day. Like, you can go to a different place if you're a good server. But still, like, if you want to like, actually like, lay groundwork anywhere and if you ever wanted to move up like you've moved up to management and everything and like uh can we say con leche on here to cafe con leche then um you're gonna want the company to do good like i feel like a lot of people like when you're in because it feels again like you said like it feels like a a, um a safety net like it feels like a a fallback plan i feel like i feel like a lot of people make it so that it's like oh this isn't for me i can't believe i'm here like it's almost always looked at as negative when it doesn't have to be, even if it is a temporary move for you and everything. So I think that is like a big balancing, especially as a manager level. I'm obviously not a manager level in the service industry, but I've been there forever and had to step in in some of my job. I've had like five different serving jobs, but it's some of them like when I've been the hostess for 10 years and we got these new girls thinking that they can sit a five top at a four top, like I'm not management, but I know what I'm doing. <laughs> but like, I think you have to like 
definitely assimilate. And then especially between having that experience with being in the Air Force and then being like in civilian world, it must be insane. I never actually really thought about that, but like that must be really hard. And then again, like on the customer level, you got a lot of Karens and stuff going on in this world nowadays too. No, it is. And, but you know, you have your similar version right in the military because you have, um, and don't knock against them, but you have those higher ups. I think they come in and just because they've got, the badges. Um, you know, they got a couple bars and they got a couple extra stripes on their, on their, um, on their shoulder or on their arm that mm-hmm. they can get a higher they want. And that was where I got a humbling real quick. And I, they used to give me a hard time. They were like, well, um, so in North Dakota, my name was Martin J.H. Because my name was hyphenated. And they were lazy and didn't feel like saying it. And it was cool. Yeah. It was a cute name. Yeah, yeah. Right? So they'd be like, Martin J.H. Like, I just don't understand why you can't do this. And I would turn around and say, well, what does it say in AFI? Which is your Air Force instruction. Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, well. And I was like, mm, so now you're telling me this is a gray area. But when I ask you about this part of the AFI, it's not a gray area. So, mm-hmm. yeah, my answer is going to be no. Mm-hmm. Are you giving me a direct order to do it? Mm-hmm. Then that's a different story. Um, and so that's why they don't like me because I'm always going to challenge that, right? Um, I think that's our personalities probably because of our fathers where it's like, not that we disrespect authority, but like we definitely challenge where it doesn't make logical sense to us. Like I'm not just going to do it because you're telling me to do it. And it's probably maybe a problem, but I think also it gives us our edge of being like, yeah, I could do that, but why would I not do X, Y, and Z? Or why, why would I make the exception here, but not here? I'm making the exception here and then I'll make the exception for, you know, for everybody else. We're working like constant negotiation mode. Yes. So, yeah. So I wasn't, they they weren't a fan of me. I was not, I'm not a yes person, right? Mm. I'm going to yes, sir. I'm going to yes, ma'am. I'm going to do what I'm told at the end of the day. But um, if you're telling me to steer away from something that this is the way it's supposed to be done, Mm -hmm. I'm going to question it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to say, why are we making an exception for that person? Yeah. But I think that's also needed for the actual like meat of the podcast episode is like entrepreneurship and everything. Like, I think you have to like, be very firmly grounded in those kind of situations. Like, why would I do this for my business or do this? Why would I like make this like, exception for you as a customer too? Like even on the cu- customer level too, like people be like, oh, I'm a regular. No, girly, you know who is a regular? Well, you know, Everybody's like, a regular. You like, know what's <laughs> hilarious that you said that is because some people think because, I mean, I'm not knocking anyone who supports any business. I yeah. appreciate any, any, any patronage for any, any, any aspect. Yeah. But, um, at the end of the day, that still doesn't kind of give you like special treatment, and you'll find that sometimes. Well, I've been critiquing your small business since day one. Mm-hmm. It's great, and I appreciate that, right? Um, but it doesn't mean that I have to make an exception for you, yeah, or whatever the case may be. If it's going to inconvenience me or inconvenience my business, yeah, if it's going to detriment like workflow, like I don't feel, especially in the service industry, workflow is everything. A, yes. a, a server being able to go to a table, do drink orders, and come back and do. It's all a rhythm. No, yeah. So if you are the one person, so if you're listening and you're this person, self-evaluate. If you're the person <laughs> that's like, I mean, like for the most part, like, oh, I'm so sorry. I forgot to ask for this. That's fine. Whatever. That's your business. Like, right. we get it. It's no big deal. Mm-hmm. But if you're one that like, you think that server is only here for you, I think that's insane. And then on a bigger level of like being in management where you're working with other vendors and stuff. Like, again, like, I just think people don't realize like workflow is, means so it, much. It so it making is, this one yeah. exception is going to throw off this. And then like, you're never always going to have the same worker working on you. So then you're going to have to re-explain to them and they're going to have to re-explain to this manager exactly. and they'll be like, does this woman always do this? It's not as easy. Like, yeah, pouring two shakes of this instead of this. Like, yeah, it seems like on the micro service level, it's easy, yeah. but it never really is. So I feel like that kind of like experience, that's like completely off topic, but I feel like that's always like, it's people's mentality and that's just not how it is. <laughs> it's not, it's not at all. So that was question one, quick recap of your experiences for both on the military side as well as 
the um what would you say civilian civilian side. civilian side and so you already actually dove into my next question which is what do you do now you're also a mother of two I feel like we must mention and technically mother of like two and two halves <laughs> you also have your brother here and you also have our grandmother here yeah. who many of us know does have dementia she'll be next on the podcast we'll be talking about that um and Nikki is her. <laughs> I'm so like interested in how that oh me too general. it's gonna be I think it's gonna be fun though because I think it's, it's, gonna, it's I'm gonna, gonna leave it all in I'm not editing any of it because I want people to experience it the, the real one yeah no definitely yeah it might be too much for me but I want people I don't know why I'm into the path of wanting to follow that right now but anyway she, she's uh she's our grandmother mama Gina's full-time caregiver all time at all times uh she lives here now but you also have I feel like similar to me I've never had this is the first time in my life really that I've had one job and I do one job I've my whole life since being 16 I was like either working in uh doing school I was doing this and working I was doing this and this I had side job side like situations in the moment where I was like helping my one friend sell these things or like I was helping my other friend with this random social media thing even if it's for five seconds like not that I'm like great or anything but I'm just saying like I've had like always a hustle yeah we are on rise and grind (laughs) twitter for a reason where or tiktok for a reason where we just always have like need more things to do maybe it's because we're distracting ourselves from real life or something but like (laughs) we could probably probably, psychoanalyze that but i love that about both of us where we're both always like looking for like what more can we be doing like yeah we have we both have great service level great main jobs right now making good money doing whatever yeah we could keep going but both of us are like Nope, still not enough. I'm struggling right now because I've now been seven, eight months with just doing one thing at one time, and it's driving me a little bit crazy. So like every five minutes, I'm having a crisis. So like, oh, I need to get my master's degree. I don't. It's a waste of money. But I'm gonna go get my master's degree. Or like, oh, I'm gonna go back to the server world. But I'm gonna be miserable because working from home and then doing that on the weekends, like that's gonna be a lot. That's a lot for me emotionally. You are doing well. You're both jobs that were in person. I feel like specifically for me. Coming from the comfort of working from home to go dive into the chaos that is serving and again. It's about to get more chaotic right now. Yeah. I don't know if I can personally handle it. I think it's the first time in my life where I'm like, serving might be too much for me. Like, I think it's just too much. Also, I have always had a passion to do management in the service industry. So the fact that I would be at the server level would probably yeah. be bothersome to me. Not any knocks to anything, but just because I've been doing it for so long, I really want to try and doing the, the ability, management. The ability and the brains to do more. So it's frustrating. Yes. Being there, you wouldn't be able to like, sustain yourself. I think so. Like, I think anytime I'd have an issue with management, I would be full sent. Like, I think it would just bother me because it's not that I can do it better or anything, but I just want to try it. Like, I just really, really want to get my like feet wet in there because if I further down the road really do want to have my own business, especially a restaurant, I think I need that. And I've had so many opportunities where I could have taken advantage of it and I've been offered a few things and I just never followed it through because it's a huge time commitment. And that's why I can't do it now because nobody wants a Friday night, Saturday, Sunday morning manager, or just like weekend manager. I mean, they probably like, not for what I'm looking for. I don't think we anywhere is looking for me. And I don't think I'm looking for somewhere that would match up with needs. But anyway, long story short, we both have these jobs. I'm currently doing nothing else right now other than a podcast, which is helping me through that like hump of not doing more. You are also managing a local restaurant on week, some weeknights and every weekend. Yeah. Right now it's, um, it's part-time management, uh, but it's um, they're like five days. You're away. emotionally full-time. I'm emotionally full-time. I'm I'm I'm. Um, you're an all or nothing. Not all I'm, or nothing, but you're I'm, passionate. I'm, I'm passionate. So I'm a firm believer in whatever it is that you do. Uh, you should love what you do. And right now, I currently work seventy-six hours a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> FICO. 
which everybody on my side that doesn't know my family is always like how because I've done that and they're like why would you even do that and I don't know it just like I think it's programmed in us it's programmed it's programmed in us um but also I love what I do and I wouldn't I wouldn't work a full eight-hour shift and then turn around and go Mm -hmm. to the restaurant and work another full eight and twelve hour shift yeah if I didn't love the people that own it if I didn't love the business itself or the people that come into it yeah right um so so yeah so I'm emotionally there all the time yeah I would agree because I've done that I've done the corporate job like the full-time job I keep saying corporate job I I did the full-time job with a restaurant job like after that and obviously again not at your level with management and everything but I only could do it for a year because I wasn't sold on either. I wasn't sold on the corporate job that I had at the time. Mm-hmm. I was getting very frustrated, very, I felt very limited there from the get-go. And then obviously, cause I left. And then from the other job, I was, I think I was there for too long yeah. and mm-hmm. I was too um, flexible. I should have stood my ground a little bit more. So I wouldn't ever cut off certain times. I right. love them and they did so much for me, like great relationship there. But right. I think I was just doing too much and I should have calmed down. Because then it was hurting my personal relationships where I'm like, I legitimately forgot that I already said yes to this event and now I'm working a 12-hour shift. And I would always at the time prioritize, I'm not going to dip out on them. How could I do that to them? And I'm dipping out on a friend. So like, I felt like for me, I didn't have that passion. Right. So I struggled more through it. Yeah. But you, you handle it like a boss. You've been doing it now, what, five, six years, you said? Um, well, you've done Starbucks I, for five, six I, years. I've been, I've been with Starbucks almost five years. I've been at the restaurant full time uh a year and almost a half now but you were working there before this as well or no uh no because he wasn't no oh wow it's only been a year it's only been a year and a half i know wow and so much growth has happened there too and such in like such a short time which is amazing also again context her timeline nikki is also now getting her master's degree too not only was she getting her she already done that did that with the bachelor's degree she was also going back on the hustle grind doing her always having to do 10 projects (laughs) nikki self was doing um her master's at the time and did get her master's from the mount so that also added a huge I can't honestly master's cripples me because it's like you kind of have to do it while being a full-time employee somewhere and that gives me a lot of anxiety because I'm not good at like time management right. like that's just not what I do so my next question is what are your current side passion projects like you already have the main hoe the side hoe now what are your even more side hoes um, you're so going let's on let's call it let's call it um, we'll call it my um, husband. Yeah. We'll call it my boyfriend. And now these are your situationships? And, and now I got some situationships. <laughs> um, so last year, something I've always wanted to do, obviously, is be my own boss. And if you ask anybody that knows me personally, knows me professionally, whenever they say, what is it that you want to do? They ask this a lot in your master's program, right? Yeah. They say, what, what are you going to do with this? And I was like, well, I'm going to take over the world. Mm-hmm. And that was always my answer. And they would laugh. And I'm like, oh. Oh, y'all thought I was joking. Yeah. No, I was serious. Yeah. And a lot of people use that now, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, sidebar, I'm on a dating site and people use that a lot, but really they ain't doing shit with their life. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> they do that to reel you in. Um, but I really am trying to take over the world. Um, so that's just always just kind of been my thing. Why, why stop? Again, I guess this is programmed into us. Yeah. Why stop where you're at? Not that I'm not happy. I am. Yeah. I'm extremely yes. grateful, especially during COVID that I was able to keep and work and not have to be unemployed and go through that stress. I'm extremely grateful and blessed. I'm extremely grateful and blessed that, um, on my own, I've 
made the moves that I make. I've made the money that I've been able to make mm-hmm. um, by myself. But <laughs> so for me, uh, I just want to be my own boss because at some point, right, um, you have to control your life and you have to control your destiny. And what I've always been passionate about is just people. That's why both of my jobs are heavily people oriented. Yes. Yeah. Um, and connecting with people and just the, the journey that people take and you know meet. Um, is getting people to understand that they themselves can be better than what they are, mm-hmm. right? So I finally did it last year. I bit the bullet and I launched my LLC, which is called Enjoy Consulting. Mm-hmm. So my name is, the full name is Nicole Joy. Please don't call me Nicole, it's Nikki. Um, it's but, Nicole. Uh, <laughs> I actually think I introduced you, you as Nicole. You did Nicole and I was like, when is she going to say Nikki? <laughs> um, I added that back in. Nicole, a.k.a. Nikki. It's okay. <laughs> um, but... So when you look at it, my name is Enjoy, mm-hmm. and that's always been my thing. My, uh, I had a supervisor, Matt Sorry, Orlando Small, one of my favorite supervisors, who started calling me Enjoy. And I was, she was like, sorry, Enjoy. And I'm like, who are you talking to? She's like, I'm talking to you. Your name is Enjoy. And I said, yo, it is. Yeah, you have a dope name. I'm very jealous. As a person that like, loves to make puns in her name, the first thing to come up with, because my last name is Brutal. I mean, Dan Mano is my, what I yeah. go by on here. But my actual name, the best I could come up with is Alexander Pasta. And I kind of stole it from a TikTok. So... <laughs> I don't have a good name. So um, so that's my name. I feel like I was given that name for a reason, right? I feel like I don't have my father's last name for, <laughs> for many other reasons. Yeah, but, you, you can have mine. I don't want it. But I feel like that I was destined to have that name. So um, I've used it in every aspect that I can. And when I was in England, I had a catering company. It's called Enjoy Catering. Mm-hmm. Why not? Yep. Um, and so Enjoy Consulting is um, still new, but I've launched it into a plethora of, uh, not a plethora, but a couple of other things. So my my... My Situationships is my consulting company where um, I really want to focus on small businesses for the most part because mm-hmm. I think corporate, they have the money and they have the resources mm-hmm. to get what they need to um, make them more profitable and make their life easier and all that good stuff. But you find a lot of small businesses don't have that, right? They don't have that brain. And you see them start because this is what they're passionate about, but then they have no idea how to do a social media account. They mm-hmm. have no idea how to not work as much as they do and like delegate and make that make their job easier. I love delegation. That's like my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've actually been really fortunate enough at the restaurant to be inspired by the owners there um, that they're just so in tune with everything and they've taught me so much. Um, the second part is I am I developed a workshop and for uh, I did it specifically for my peers at Starbucks. Um, and I tailored it to them, but it's called Enjoy Life and Lattes because why not coffee? And it's, um, it's like a four-part workshop um, that talks about uh, it talks talks about different things. It's really about your personal, your leadership development, growth because I feel like we all need that. But it's real and it's raw. Uh, so I talk a little bit about getting uncomfortable, right, and getting comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I talk about your brand as a person mm-hmm. or as your business. Um, about your passion again tying what you do every day into um into what you love if i'm going to work 76 hour weeks i'm going to work 76 hour weeks for something that i love yeah right and um and then the second part is to recaviate the caveat the first part which is getting comfortable being uncomfortable yeah right i think i did that yeah yeah, um (laughs) and then i'm trying to launch um two podcasts which we just did our photo shoot for this morning, Prince, yeah. Yeah, um, um, photo creds, photo creds. Um, and the one of it is the Enjoy Life and Lattes, 
right that talks a little bit about like um, business stuff, right? How can you how can you make your life easier? How can you uh, utilize resources or tools or and it doesn't always have to cost money to to do that, right? It's just about how you plan and prioritize. Um, also talks a little bit about what I just said for that workshop and just getting out of your own head and realizing that you can do literally, and I, and I give this to our grandmother, right? Um, who, how many jobs does she have? 700? Uh, well, that's actually what the actual topic of the yeah. conversation is to talk about her 87 jobs. 87 jobs. I think we did count them one day. We um, have, I think you wrote them all down. Like, I think I wrote them all down. Um, now that she's in her like early stages of dementia, uh, she sometimes like mixes them up, but I think we've got the timeline down pretty good. Yeah. But she, she pioneered for me that you can literally do anything. Why stop? Yeah. Right. Um, and I think I made this joke on Instagram maybe a couple months ago. And I was like, I think I'm going to get my pilot license. <laughs> and I don't want to do it because why? why no, I, um, Ludacris can do it. I can do it. Exactly. I want to do that. So, so just to say it. I feel like everyone should understand that the only thing that's stopping you is you. Yeah. Right. And why can't I do that? Why can't I be that? Why can't I do this? Why can't I? You the know, queen, queen of England. I want to be the queen of England. I don't know the queen of England right now. Yeah, it's but, too problematic. Um, yeah, but why can't I be whatever it is I want to be? Mm-hmm. My ultimate goal, obviously, was that. Um, why am I on TED Talk? <gasps> that is. See, like we are my the same. No, thirty under dream. thirty under thirty and TED Talk. I don't know why I need that validation of either of those things, but well, I'm need... not gonna make thirty under thirty. But uh, yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah fourteen year age gap. <laughs> yeah. And she and and this is what inspired Enjoy Life and Lattes to um, kind of evolve from more than just an idea. And it was she's like, so what is it that you really want to do? And I was like, no, TED Talk. And that's and so now whenever I, I make I get on my soapbox for two seconds anywhere, no matter what job it is or even it's in the house, I'm like, thank you for coming to my TED Talk, mic drop. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's just really what. Yeah, we say that joke a lot. We almost anything that we say when we're ranting about our family or fan, yeah. ranting about our personal life, blah blah. Thanks for coming to my Thanks for yep. coming to my Um, and that's just really, that's just really kind of just where I'm at, and to leave something for my kids. That leads me into my next question, also of like what motivates you and what drives you. I mean, obviously you're already a naturally driven and motivated person, but like, what's that real secret sauce of what makes you go? So the kids are the big thing, right? And like I said, I love my father. Um, my mom passed away when I was very young. Uh, as I love my father, and he did the, the best that he could, but I feel the only thing that he was able to give me is what was left across me, um, <laughs> and the ability to change my tire and my oil, and so I questioned already, but uh, <laughs> all of it's a negotiating to that line, yeah. my father can tow a line. Give us our, I think I got this from him too, I don't know how, as a niece, but uh, just to be naturally aggressive. <laughs> yes. So, um, but to leave something for them, right, um, and to show them that they, that they can do whatever, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Um, and I, I think that sometimes a curse. And I think Aiden, who's my oldest, he's 16, hates that sometimes because I'll go, well, you know, when I was 17, I left the military. Yeah. And he's like, she, all right, we get it. She walked to uh, school two miles uphill, barefooted. Both ways. <laughs> They're my big driver. I think the other one is um, to break generational curse. Yeah, and I know a lot of people are saying that now, but if you look at our family, we've we've paved some ways, we pioneered, like I say, like our grandmother pioneered the way for us. Um, 
but someone needs to know my name. Yeah. And it's not so much of a fame thing. Like I just I just need to know that when I'm no longer here, that my mark was left. Yeah. I I think literally everything you just said in the past like ten minutes, I relate to you so much. I mean, obviously because you are the same person and the same family and everything. But I think I, I love your mindset with all that kind of stuff. And I always say that, like, what was your original point that I was about to make a comment on? Um, oh, not that I'm not happy where I am now, but I feel like I always have this underlying, what more can I be doing? What more can I do? That's fun. Like I'm more like now, like all my side passion things are like, all right, I have the big girl job. It's I like, I love my job. I love what I do. I love my growth potential in that field. But at the same point, you can only be so passionate about being an accountant for, or like in accounting for another company. Exactly. So I think that's where we both are like, I've always wanted to be my own boss. Just to say that one, I can do it and I did do it. And just to get that experience. And I think it's just fun. Like I, for me, I think it's just fun. And why not? Like I, I can like, I think we both also, my dad, I forget the expression my dad used, but I said, I feel like you, me, and actually my mom who does not have blood relation to you, but is your aunt. Um, I think we all are the same where it's like, we wear a lot of hats. Like, yes. why can't I be great at art, but then also great at being an engineer? Like not to that level, but like mm-hmm. so many different things. Like, why can't I go get my pilot license? You can go do that. You can go to take well, classes. Exactly. Why can't why, I go do that? Why, why not have that on me? Like, for, yeah. I, and for no reason, <laughs> yeah, for yeah. no reason really, other than just being like, why not? Like, why can I not just go say I can go fly a plane when I need to? Like, I just think that's amazing. I, I love that kind of stuff. And, like, maybe it's silly. People are probably listening to, like, these two well, are crackheads. Well, let me tell crackheads. you something. Uh, my assistant manager who came up from the city, who's phenomenal, I love her. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're just talking and we're getting to know each other for a couple weeks. And then I said, oh, yeah, by the way, um, oh, I have my personal training certification too, by the way. Yeah. Um, See, so and, many. And so, and so Half the things aren't even being brought up yet, probably. Then, we're probably going to, like, talk after and be like, we didn't talk about this biggest thing in your whole repertoire. So I say different things. And not to say it like, I just say it like, oh, I know how to do that. Or that's something that has interest in me. And I'm telling her, like, that I have my bachelor's and I have my master's. And then somehow the personal training cert came up. Mm-hmm. And she goes, um, are you going to tell me that you have a Nobel Peace Prize now? <laughs> I like, should. And here I am. And what's funny is that I know that if I put my credentials and my resume on the table, like, it's badass. Yeah. I also constantly doubt everything that I do every single day and yes. feel like I'm failing. Yeah. Right? Um, but that's that part where why can't I learn how to, I don't know, I can crochet. Yeah. Right? I know how to crochet a blanket, right? It's probably something absolutely useless that, I, you know, that nobody thinks about. But why not learn how to do that? Why not learn how to, to fly a plane or, or, or to cook something absolutely different? Yeah. Right? Um, why just limit yourself? I think that's huge. I think that's why I also love TikTok because it, like, it motivates me to be like, why am I not just doing this one little silly thing? Why can't I make my own toolbox? I have no tools, but I want to build that toolbox exactly. to hold my non-existent tools. Like, exactly. I think, and I, um, yeah, I, I just, I really feel the same way. Why not just keep doing things? Like, I, I love, like, I, and I like, I like that too, because I feel like actually I dropped, I don't have as impressive a background as you, but I, I just dropped one of those like little random nuggets of like, oh yeah, by the way, I know how to do this. Like, this, why not? My boss is talking about one of our vendors. He's from Montreal, but he speaks fluent uh italian but hi he was emailing us and google translate works obviously it's not like an impossible feat but it was a certain phrase that he was saying in dialect and i recognized that it was like a southern dialect to it so i just like knew what it was and like i and then they like made me call him and i was just like <laughs> understanding i was like translating but like i didn't know how to speak back to him because he he understood it but there's like i don't know there's long story short but i was like Oh yeah, by the way, I can speak Italian. And she was like, Why is that not on your resume? Like, because I don't want to do it. Well, <laughs> like, I mean, they, have, they, have, they have an expectation. 
Well, yeah, they're going to make me probably take a test or say something. I had no... I know enough of Spanish Yes. to get me through. Yeah. Right? I know server Spanish. I'm going to butcher a good portion of it. I know enough if someone calls for an order. I know enough to speak to the guys in the kitchen. I know enough to go to the tables and shock the shit out of them when I say, todo está bien. Yeah. And they're like, oh, the redhead knows Spanish, right? (laughs) But I don't know enough to say, although I did add it to my dating profile, FYI. (laughs) (laughs) For all the puppies out there. You know, I just don't feel it's an, it's, it's enough asset. But also, being in the accountant world, or accounting, this is a random situation, and they could have really figured it out. They didn't need me. I intruded on the conversation to be like, oh, yeah, I, I was able to figure this out because I could speak one right. word of Italian. All right, we're back. We lost some audio. <laughs> <laughs> I cried a little bit, but we're back. Um, I think where it left off was Nikki saying that her credentials are long. Uh, and that she deserves a Nobel Peace Prize, and I agree. But I, I agree that we, um, I, we have similar passions where I, I also want a TED Talk. I'm going to be 30 out of 30, get the TED Talk. I have no idea where we went from here, so I'm just going to riff again. I think we're just talking about random things that we, like, why can't we know this and why can't we know that? And then sometimes we throw in there, like, oh, yeah, by the way, um, I do know how to change my tire. Yeah. Right? You know, something, something random. Just having, uh, so I'll just start with this dialogue, and hopefully we didn't miss much. Okay. My dad said the other day, well, I was talking about the other day, and my dad said a certain phrase, I can't remember, but that we both wear, and my mom, How many hats? we wear a yeah. lot of hats, we wear many hats, where it's like, why not just sprinkle in this to my knowledge database? Like, I feel like that's what it is. It's like, why not just add that to my repertoire? Why not just like learn this and learn that? Um, and we do have that fun moment sometimes where we get to drop like, oh, I have this field. Do you think I'm in this? But guess what? I also can do this. I can do a little bit of this. And I think that's, I, just something in us that we both like have that we just really want to like just keep learning stuff like why not I think right. that's I think that's very much actually a Clark thing where I feel like that I I think my dad must have got it from Mama Gina um yeah I think I think that's a good one because when I think about the things that Mama Gina knows how to do um it's like so random but so much it's 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 a little so, bit of everything a little bit of everything salt bag up in here um and I, I I will say that I think that does come from um, and maybe not even just a testament, too, because um, our grandfather, we don't speak much of, but he was, uh, he knew a lot of things, too, yeah. like boats and mechanics, and he worked at IBM, and you know what I mean? So I, I feel um, I feel that's just our family in general, because if you think about the work your father has put into this house, you think mm-hmm. about the work that all of them put into the house we, that I grew up in, mm-hmm. right? Like, they did all that work. Um, and also my dad knows how to fix a car, but also my dad can be, was a banker at one point. And yeah, you know what I mean? Diverse profiles for no reason. Exactly. So I just feel like that just might be our family of just knowing 8 million random things for no reason. Yeah. I think your dad gets it more from his dad. And I think my dad gets it from your dad and then a sprinkle in a little bit of mama Gina. Right. But, um, long story short, we both like to just keep our, keep going. Why not get that pilot's pilot's license? Why not learn this? Why not learn that? Mm -hmm. And then we both also have, um, what you were saying for yourself is for one of your side hustles is what your, your vision is for your LLC situation is to consult and help small businesses, right? Like you want to bring what they need to know there. I think all of this bit got cut out. So can you say, speak again on, so I was using the idea. If you go into the gym, right? And you've never been to the gym. You've never worked out. You've never lifted a weight in your entire life, which is, you know, okay. Mm-hmm. Would you just go in there and just randomly just pick up a weight and figure out how to do it? Um, some people might research 
and that's great. Not everyone is a researcher. Not everyone has the patience to research. I have none. Because there's so much. And you have to decipher what's what's actual, like, fact and what's bullshit. And then also what works for you. Because, yeah, that meathead can do this. But if I did that, I'd probably be gaining weight, oh, not losing weight. Exactly. So, um, so my whole premise, and I did a blog about it, is that I'm a personal trainer for your business. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm going to come in, you're going to tell me this is what you want, this is what your goals, this is where you're currently at, this is where you're struggling, these are where your opportunities are, these are your strengths, I'm going to go, great, let's see how we can do this. Um, because I'm also a firm believer that although you're a small business owner, does not mean you need to um, work 80 million hour weeks, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, I... I as a person who works 80 hours. As a person who works 76 hour weeks, but I'm also <laughs> a firm believer in my time, Right? So the one thing in this entire world that I always preach about all the time is you can't get time. Mm-hmm. You can't save time. You can't buy more time. You can't, um, you can't earn more time. Like any, that's the one thing in this entire world. That's what Mark Cuban always says. It's one of yes. the sharks. He's right. like, he, he backs out of deals more often. Cause he's like the most valuable thing to me is my time. I have my the money. Time, right? I don't want to put my time in um, this. And this is probably why I'm still single. Um, Same. And so I'm go- always going to look for ways to get more of my time. Yeah. Right. So me personally, um, I just Instacarted my groceries while we were sitting here uh, because uh, that's going to give me more of my time. Yep. And this is a business that someone built. Mm-hmm. There's a need for it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So um, I also have cleaning ladies. I come every two weeks because I don't want to spend my one day off that I can have with my kids because mm-hmm. my daughter wants a YouTube channel for cooking. And Obsessed. I promised her. Our, our entire family is going to slowly become influencers. We're be like shout out Jonathan. Channel, shout out Aiden. So watch out for Kardashians. Except we're going to do it with our clothes. And we're also going to be way less or budget. Less here. Oh. And way more <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah. So, ways that I can get back my time, and that's one of them. Why not? And so I feel like you, as a small business owner, right? Um, this is your passion, right? But you should also make it to where you can be what it is actually be your own boss and be able to step away from from um, from the business and trust that all the systems and everything that you put into place. Um, are, you know, working for you so you have that time. Yeah, and I think also what we mentioned the first time is I don't even think small business owners half the time realize what they don't have yeah, resources exactly. to and what, they, what they're not, what they're missing out on. Exactly. Like I, I talked about quickly my experience with my internships and that I had, um, that I have a finance degree, also an entrepreneurship degree, and I chose a finance degree thinking that was the flashier one, whatever, that's the one that was going to catch people's attention. But 10 out of 10 times the entrepreneurship one is actually the one that does more and is more diverse. That's mine. Yeah. Thank you. Um, is more diverse and what get, catches people's attention. And I, because of that degree had two really cool experiences of working as an intern for two small business owners, one locally, one in Dublin. And they're both in, they're both older men in very niche fields where like, unless you knew what you wanted to look for, like if you knew you wanted a suit in Southern Dublin, you knew where to look for this guy and you could find him. But other than that, his reach is very limited. And the other, um, situation I was uh, the other intern I was working for internship I was working for he was already at a better stage than him more through but still like didn't know his marketing tools that's why he was reaching out that is what he like recruited me for through Maris but um specifically with the Dublin one I went there as an accountant uh, accounting um intern with the help of entrepreneurship and just get the entrepreneurship degree but I got my title changed to accounting slash marketing internship with a mentorship in entrepreneurship because when I went there, he had no online visibility. Like he had nothing. He had a LinkedIn and a Facebook. And I was like, sir, here's how you can utilize this, how you can utilize this. 
literally why he has like certain things. So I was supposed to be going for inventory. And then I found this, which I'm not even good at marketing. So imagine if he had someone that was actually there, but now he knows what to look for. Like me right, just being right. there. And that was all by accident. It's not me knowing what I was doing, but it just gives a perfect example of like business consulting and everything. And again, like I'm in accounting right now and I really for a long time wanted to be a small business accountant, but now that it's all beginning CPA makes me miserable and makes me want to cry. I no longer want to do that. So I really do love what you're doing with the consulting because I think just being an overall business consultant for small businesses, they tell them what to do and they give them the resources and aid and game plan really. Cause my favorite part of getting my um, degree was my capping, which I don't think anybody says, but for my entrepreneurship capping, I had to make um, a very detailed what's a business plan. Mm-hmm. And then I started this business plan um, side job for a bit. I was doing my own. I don't know if you know this, but I was doing like, what's it called when you hire people and you just freelance. I was doing freelance um, business plan creating. I only had three customers and then I was like, this is a huge time commitment and I'm definitely not charging enough and I'm about to start my big girl job. So I had quit. But yeah, it just, I think small businesses being our passion, whether owning one or like helping them, I think is what always grounds us to what we want to do more with our side hustles and everything. And just wanting the many hats of having everything. So long story short, I know you have to go to work and Aiden's making a scene. No, no, no. You're, I'm so good. So you still have to do the other episode real quick. Okay. Um, and we probably lost all of my favorite parts that we were talking no, about. I think, I think we premised it. I think we did pretty good. Yeah, I think we did a quick summary of it. That's real nice. But I think we talked, hopefully we don't have to call, I don't have to call you back and tell me about your motivations, especially because one of the motivations is annoying me in the corner right here. <laughs> um, my next one is more of just a general funny question. I know this is where the only difference in our boss girl quotes. And our, our, our boss girl energies is different. You love a good boss girl quote. I find them cringy because it's usually people that aren't hustling, aren't doing anything. But what's your favorite boss girl quote that gets you through your day to keep you driven? In all seriousness. Oh, wow. That's a great question. You owe a lot of them. You love a good Insta story quote. I love I a good do. Insta story I love, embarrassment. I love, but... uh, I love a couple. Um, I don't know. Um, what gets me through? Um, Cause we talked about the deep end of like your passions and what keeps you going through this, but what's just that funny, like, you know what? I needed to hear this today. Um, Cause I'm reading right now in your, in your house alone, just in this one room, I could probably see five quotes all over. Like together <laughs> is the best place to be. Um, this is us, right? Coffee <laughs> first, people, people later. later. <laughs> um, so there's a couple, right? So happy um, Easter. <laughs> and some of them might make you cringe. So yeah, probably the, the one that, um, uh, and it's so it's so cliche, right? No, no, but it gets um, you. Be the change that you want to see, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, and I always, and that's why I always try to think about for boss and for mom. I try to be the parent that I didn't have, no, no digs at any. Yeah, just this life, situation that happened. Right? Um, and I feel like I feel guilty at that too, but um, I also um. Another one that always sticks with me is, if it's not you, then who? Mm-hmm. Right? And that makes me feel like, well, shit, maybe this was meant for me to do it. Um, and then this one I saw on Instagram the other day, and someone hated me for it. And it's, it's sorry, it's a little graphic. Um, he said, what was my favorite position? And I said, CEO. You, that's the one I was going to throw in your face. <laughs> I was going to say, girl, if you, I was literally, I was waiting at the tip of my tongue. I was like, if this girl doesn't say this one, I'm throwing in her face that she loves this one. And I literally, it makes me cackle that you love it yes. so much. It, it sprinkles on your story, like probably yeah. like, and once a quarter, once, once a quarter, a quarter I see it. 
in different fonts and different type of golf. My, my favorite position, CEO. Um, but I, I just like any, any, any good one, right? Anything that really just makes sense. Um, but those are probably like my top, um, my top ones. I actually just snapped to you, remembering something that we missed, and then I forgot it again. So do you know what I just snapped to you about, or no? No, you snapped me right now. Yeah, when you were talking, I snapped, and I was like, "Oh, oh!" Because oh, it was. Um, I said, um, "Be the change you want to see in the world, or if it's not you, then who?" Oh, I feel like I fail all the time. That's that was a topic that I either said I forgot, but I didn't mention, or we missed. Uh, I did talk about, and we mentioned here. I think that's also actually. I think this is the one I wanted to circle back to, and I never got to. I love to talk about this because I think this is very much a Jacob thing, not a Trisha thing. I got so you must have gotten it from that side of our family as well. No, definitely Jason's husband thing, yes. Is that both of us can sit here on this podcast for an hour, hyping ourselves up, talking about all the things we want to do and all the things we could do and all the things we have done. And then we'll both sit here and probably cry tonight being like, we're the worst. Like we also, we have this mutual, and this is very much my dad with the anxiety, his anxieties, but I am always at an equal level of, I'm the greatest thing to ever be on this earth. And I literally am scum and someone in the universe that was creating humans messed up and was like how did this happen so i think that's that what- is so accurate i am fabulous i am awesome if anyone asks me like look at this shelf me, right now are we for real back yes, here like please you can't tell me shit but at the same time i'll be like yo i failed absolutely failed this week as a parent as yep. a leader yep. as a boss as a caregiver, yep. as, as a human being, I'll be like, I failed so much somewhere. Um, but other people are looking at us and they're going, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. And I think that's just also probably being a human, but I feel like it's just so intense in our family that especially you and me, where we constantly have this, like, we are doing so much. We're so great. But then at the same point, it's like, but are we doing it well? Because we just have like this crippling fear. I think that, but I think that's, again, what gives us our edge. It keeps right. us humble and keeps us driven that it's like, I don't want to think about how I'm flawed in these ways. So I'm just going to do more to like either cover it up or to fix it. And I think that's, again, like when it comes to like being an entrepreneurship as a owner, not just like as a business, like consultant, not consulting. I mean, like as if you owned, I mean, that's owning a business, but I mean, if you own like a restaurant or something, I feel like you need the extra little edge of being like constantly humbled while being, because you can't be Jeff Bezos and be like only thinking you're amazing. He probably thinks that, but that's why it might be might fail but anyway yeah I wanted to circle back to that because I didn't get to last time I don't have a great quote to probably even say I can't honestly the only quote that ever like gets me through I have two and one is just because mama used to say it to me so it's case that said ah because I have a lot of anxiety and I'm always anxious and I'm always freaking out that I did something wrong or said something wrong actually I had a situation with my boss this week that I knew in the moment that it happened, I was going to be over anxious and over explain myself. So I literally consciously was like, Alexandra, you are not going to send a check in. You're going to shut up because it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't your fault. You did the thing. Move on. And I waited two hours and I sent the check in anyway. And that check in did exactly what I thought it was, which was going to be, I think we just need to breathe. It's going to be okay. Like, I don't like that. She feels like she has to reassure me. Hopefully she never hears this. And it bothers me because I'm not usually like that. It's a new thing. My last job left me with PTSD and I feel like I always need to validate myself and explain myself to my bosses now. And I want to get rid of that so badly. It bothers me. <laughs> it's just so funny because I literally sat there and I was like, kiss her off, kiss her off, kiss her off. And I still did it. And then the other quote that I like, 
Um, but it has nothing to do with being a boss girl or being a person at all. It has to do with Mama Gina. And I'm not going to say it because I will cry. But it's about John Bellion. You know the song, Maj Joint. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. If you have a relative with any form of brain deterioration, dementia, right. or yeah. it, any, I think it's Alzheimer's. Cognitive, cognitive, like, deterioration, right? And, I, and that's the premise behind my other podcast. Is yeah. Nobody talks about this. Yeah. Right? Um, but go ahead and talk about the, the song that literally both of us cannot make it through. Well, actually, side part also, I was watching the show last night, and he, they were talking about someone who passed from, I don't even think passed, just was going through cancer, and he goes, I think it should be known that when one person in their cancer family has cancer, it's almost like the whole family has cancer. And obviously not to take away from the person that's actually going through it, but it's like emotionally a lot for a lot of people. And I feel like the same with dementia where it's like everybody has to not have it, but like you go through that experience. Everyone, everyone's you, going it's, through you're feeling it. You're feeling it. I should say, because especially you as a main caregiver, you see it a lot worse. Me, if I'm having a like, this is taking a lot out of my emotional state. You see, you know, like this, I can dip out on her birthday when she's getting a little, all right. Love you guys. See ya. Right. So like being there all the time for it, I feel like is not talked about enough. So I love that you're starting that podcast as well because it's a lot. It's hard. But for him in particular, he I think his mom's mom had Alzheimer's. I don't think it was dementia. And the whole song is about the things that were normal in their life that the grandmother ended up forgetting. And then he was watching his mother go through this. And I think this might be the first thing I could say without crying because I want to be serious. But the actual quote itself is, I was talking to my father. What is the point of making mem- memories if you're going to forget them when you're 70? Uh, you have yes, to finish it. I'm yes, going to cry. Okay. What's the point of making memories if you're going to forget them when you're 70? And he talks mm-hmm. about those memories that you're going to have. Because the, the main quote is, she forgets the front light that you used to always leave on. Like, just the small things that she used right. to do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to finish it out. Hold on. And then the second part is, oh, no, I was having conversations with the devil. What's the point of making memories if you're going to forget them at yes. 70? And then I was having conversations with my father. He said, so you can remember them when you're heavenly. Exactly. <laughs> yes. So anyway, that is probably the only quote that ever has made me feel anything or emotional or anything. Uh-huh. But I think that's just my connection with Mama Gina. Um, but I don't have any of those hustle quotes I've seen. I'm like, oh my God, here's another one. This is us, our life, our story, our home. <laughs> you have so many. And I don't know. That's just the kind of person I am. I think I'm too much of my father right. in that sense where I'm emotional, but also really right. cynical and just yeah. rude. There's actually a hilarious, there's a, there's a, uh, a thing in my room that says perfect is boring and it's perfect, perfect. It's purposely not straight uh, on purpose. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, because perfect is boring. It's the, it's yeah. the and that's another one of my things, right? Is um like loving everyone's flaws. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, you guys are a little bit simple. <laughs> yeah, I don't I and it's not and I feel so bad because both you and my mom, especially my mom, loves a good quote. Yeah. And I feel like me and dad can't even fake it enough to be like, Oh, we're okay. just so rude that we're like Okay. <laughs> That's where like I think words just are weird to us where we can't process them because we're like, okay, another human said that. It's still a human, I don't care. Right. Like we get like too cynical about like what makes their ideas better than I don't know. It's so weird to think about. But anyway, overall to wrap up this episode, I like I like to have people on my podcast that usually doesn't agree with me. And I don't think there's one thing I've disagreed with so far. I think we're actually also at the same level of passion about these things. Um however you're a step ahead of me in the actual game plan and doing of the things. Um, but overall, do we care about entrepreneurship and making a name for yourself? Because I feel like we both just want to make a name for ourselves. And like you mentioned, I hope they didn't get cut out, but with the TED talk thing and fighting generational, um, what was the word? Generational curses. curses. It's not about particularly making, being famous. Like I know, like 
how I joke about that being an influencer and everything. Right. It's like, I want to make my mark and say I did something like, wow, that person knows who I am because I did this. And I think we're right. both like that, where we're just like, maybe we need val- maybe I need validation. I don't know what right. it is. <laughs> but overall, do you care about these things? I do. Right, because you only get one trip on this rock. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And for all we know. Yeah, for all we know. I'm actually going to talk about that too. Oh, yeah? Um, What's up? I am. called Journey of Souls. Oh. Yeah. Is it talking about religion or just talk about? Uh, no, about your souls. You know, different levels. Oh, then I'm interested. Your souls, um, and that's more so will help me with um, this yeah. and my own anxiety, deep, deep anxiety and PTSD that I have with death. Yeah. Um, but I do care, and I think more people should care. Uh and not so much as like an influencer yeah, yeah. type, right? But if you think about, especially America, and I work for a corporation, I love my corporation. I think mine is very unique because of what we do and what we give back to our communities, to the world, and to the people that work for us. But not every corporation is like that. And if Most you think about probably. the uniqueness of just downtown Newburgh mm-hmm. and driving through there, and Torino's and Commodore mm-hmm. and all these different Don't places. Don't Lunch. Yes, right? Because where's the first place my father went when he came up for South Carolina? Oh, for sure. I didn't even have to ask. I knew. Right. He went yeah, to Commodore. He, he did his little he did a little uh, roundabout. He did Commodore, then yeah, Tony's, yeah, then uh, yeah, what's, the, what's the hot dog place? Uh, Fra- uh, not Frank's. What's Pete's, it? Pete's. Pete's hot dogs, right? So if you think about those places that make Newark Newark or make Bistro Bistro or mm-hmm. whatever, whatever it is, right? Those are the places that give back to your community. Mm-hmm. Those are the places that employ your community. Those are the places that are going to fight for zoning and construction and things that are not right and going well and what we need. Um, and so I think more people should care more about small businesses. So I'm going to get on my soapbox for two seconds. Yeah, right? Jump everyone in. got their stimmy last week. Mm-hmm. So what I need for everyone to do is to not go to the mall or to go to the outlets or to go buy that design or whatever it is first of all you should be spending your money wisely um in this world that we live in in this panorama um, <laughs> in this panini but what i need for you to do is you need to go put it back into your community into your small business because your small business is one that probably gave you a deal during this pandemic or mm-hmm. probably gave back to the community gave to the hospitals gave to the frontline workers during all of this our corporations didn't um most corporations so um do your part and give back to the small businesses. Yeah. Thank you for coming to my <laughs> Mike, <laughs> job. <laughs> yeah, I also obviously very much care. Um, I think it's just also being immature about it. I think it's so fun. Like, I think now probably this is what my fourth, fifth episode of filming, maybe not being dropped, but right. this is my fourth episode of filming. And almost every, actually, every single one, I have mentioned an idea I have or a passion I have or a business I want to start either as a joke, like genuinely, like, oh my God, is this our next dating app? Or like genuine, like I genuinely want to do this. Like I really want to be able to make this happen. I um, just find it fun to be the, the thinking, think about it and what can I do? And like, what's the bigger picture of it? And is it actually feasible for me to do? And like, how can I do it? And if I can't do it, can I make someone else do it? Like, I don't know. I just love this is so stupid. It's so cliche. I just love business. Like, I don't know. Like, I love, mm-hmm. but not the terms of, like, I like to get down and dirty and negotiating all that. I probably, I probably actually would suck I, at that. Like, time is money. I, yeah, I have a business degree, <laughs> and that's probably what I'm the worst part at. But I like the actual idea think tank. I actually just bought this um, notebook. My friend Alyssa, shout out you. She loves a good journal, loves a good notebook. She has a journal channel on YouTube, like, loves to, like, find the creativity and, like, make it, 
like special. Right. She's right now doing a month. Like I love her month to month ones, and she always sends them to me and Rachel. Shout out Rachel. Um, before she actually posts it, and I'm obsessed with it. I really love it. And I'm not a journaler because I have no time commitment to anything. I'm so bad at following through. I got one of those one a day line journals. I can't even do that. I was like, <laughs> I literally have to write, write four words for my day. I probably the last day I touched it was February 23rd. It's now March 18th, 19th. Like that's a whole month I have to pretend that I know what I'm talking about. And it annoys me. Like it very upset me because I'm so excited for that book. It's five years to go back and look through just small little things and be like, ha that happened. Like, I got bad news from my mom. I was like, this is great. Like, just had to look back on it and be like, wow. And I think also because it's all on the same day. So, like, next year when I read it, I'd be like, oh, my God, on this day. Like, I was at this stage of my life with my mom. But now I'm like, I can't even go back to end of phase, bro. <laughs> but, yeah, I think, um, I think, uh, but I got this new cool uh, journal. I don't know. I probably found it on a TikTok or maybe just scrolling through Amazon all day, every day. I shouldn't be buying through Amazon, but I do. Sorry. Um, it's an entrepreneur based think like it it provokes thought type of journal where like it has a planning stage it has just an idea phase and then it gets more depth as you actually follow the idea out and like it's really cool because like you can for me I'm already watching myself do it because it's like the one thing I've been somewhat committed to where it's like you can see where like I just made up a million different ideas and then which ones I followed through and you can see at what point I was like yeah over this idea and then you can see like at what point I'm like super passionate about like the food truck one I'm never not gonna be passionate about that even if it never happens I'm always gonna say like I could have owned a food truck. I look at food truck sites all day, every day. Like, it's what I do. I don't know why I'm so obsessed with it. It's not even to make money. I just, like, want to make breakfast sandwiches all day, every day. I want to call it sandwiches because that's hilarious. Um, but overall, I just love entrepreneurship. And obviously, like, what makes the world go around is money. So, like, you have to do what you got to do to make a, like, make a career, make a job, work with a corporate job that probably is treating your community like crap if you have to. But I think having that drive and that passion and, like, possibility to do more for yourself and then for your community and everything I think is amazing like I love to be able to like think about like one day I could own a small Newburgh place like I would love that I would love that and I feel like a lot of people are like I want to get out of Newburgh I gotta go why would you not want to help like why would you not want to be proud of like Newburgh like we have so much potential and like nobody's trying like if I could be (laughs) Jeff Bezos and come back to Newburgh and just sprinkle like like to help a little bit like I feel like that would be like my ultimate like (sighs) I did something with my life and like I I just love it. I love the idea of it. I also have this thing with the word proud. And if you're my friend, you've heard me talk about it. Because when I got my <laughs> degree on graduation day, I cried thinking about people even saying it. Like that word just sends me. Like I immediately get teary eyed. I actually just accepted an offer at my company and mama said it. And I started crying. There's no need for it. I worked at the company for six months. I just signed a new like promotion thing. And I just literally started crying. I don't know why that word triggered me. Probably some deep, tra- deep trauma somewhere. Yeah, probably. So I think for me, my mom's probably already been stalking me. Hi, mom. (laughs) I can see the age range. I haven't seen anybody that old yet, but when I do, I know it's you. Um, But I think for me, on top of just wanting to do it for myself, I just want to make my family proud. And for me, and I think for both of us, I think that's where we think the pride would come from, being able to do more than just, yeah, my my grandma's proud of me. I just got this job. Like, it's great. But like, does she really mean she's proud? Like, yeah, she's proud. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think like doing something for me and like giving back in any way, whether it be like community or through donations, which is why I like to do the charity aspect, I think is like where my inner pride comes from and where I think my actual family's pride could like really stem from. Like, I feel like, no offense, my family doesn't do much. <laughs> <laughs> They're all amazing people, but they all kind of do that corporate whole one thing yep. and done. Yep, one and done. Mama, <laughs> 
even Mama Gina in her heyday, like, yeah, she had 500 jobs, but, like, she was, like, one and done at the time, like, had yeah. kids. Not knocking anybody. They all do amazing things and do things I could never do. But, like, I don't know. I feel like I want to be that dynamic. You and me both, I feel like, could be that dynamic. Like, this is the change. Like, this is yes. what's, mm-hmm. I don't know. But anyway, long story short, I care very deeply, obviously. And if you've known me for more than five minutes, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur, especially when it comes to owning a restaurant. I got a restaurant job once and then I was like, I could do this. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, so this is going to be end of episode part one. I don't know, episode, I think six, part one. I'll have to come back and edit this in. But thank you, Nikki. Your name is Nikki, not Nicole. I like to call you Nikki Nicole though most of the time when I'm talking well, about it. I know. <laughs> no, it's supposed to be like your hometown street and your first dog. So mine is the old Bonso JD. <laughs> okay, wait, no, that's pretty dope. I need to change mine. I need to like get a new like street name. Um, actually, no, that's not. This isn't my first street. I'm not JD. <laughs> I'm not JD. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you for coming and talking about this. I'm very excited to film our second part. It'll be much quicker so that you can get to work. But thank you for taking a break from your busy schedule. This is probably literally the only time you're off this week. And you spent it on my podcast. So I appreciate that a lot. And see you on Friday, y'all.